This is Dyson X, the podcast, episode 195 for the week of November 1st, 2009. Welcome to Dies and Chewy X, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, uh, Dies and Chew, uh, uh, EX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening. Oh, right. And a little bit of entertaining. I love this. Just carried away. Do it. Hey, welcome to the show on this fine beginning of November. Cloudy. Uh, yeah. Socks out. <laughs> Although uh, over here, Halloween was pretty warm. It rainy, was. rainy, but warm. Anyway, we're here not to talk about the weather, but to talk about that fabulous show we all know and love known as Dragon Ball. My name is Mary. I run a website, kind of. <laughs> called Temple of Trunks. You know, I'm pretty sure that these days I actually run your website because it's hosted on MySpace. I forgot about that. And I think I have more control over it than you do. Maybe from a technical standpoint. <laughs> That's fine. I'm a technical kind of guy. Not from a content perspective. Whatever. Anyway, the real host of this show here is Mike. Hey. That be you, and you're the owner of Dicentry X. I own this shit, yo. Welcome yeah. aboard, champ. Are you running it, or you introduced me as the host, but you're doing it? Yeah, well, I got a taste of it, and now I just can't stop. <laughs> you just want to do it yourself. It's fine. Sure. So this is uh, going to be a really special episode, because we're going to be reviewing the Wii game, Revenge of King Piccolo. Now, Mike, you've written a pretty extensive text I review have. of this thing. I wasn't even planning on having that ready to go until this episode went up, but the game was, I guess you would say, short enough, and I was done, and I wrote the whole thing. I said, forget it. I'm just tossing up the review now. I think it went up on Wednesday. Oh, okay. So pretty much people already might have a sense of how you feel about it. If they haven't read your review, then yes. they'll be hearing about uh, what we have to say about the game and you're gonna talk on about this podcast. It too, a bit. Yeah, yeah, I will. Although, I think this conversation is going to be a little more casual and all-encompassing from uh, a general viewpoint more than the written review. Yeah, if you want the nitty-gritty, down-and-dirty details <laughs> about this game, I uh, highly recommend you read Mike's review yeah. up on Dyson Chewy X, the website. But we haven't heard what you had to say about it, so I'm looking no, forward I'm to No, I'm going to keep my mouth shut until we start the topic <laughs> itself. Right. But before we get to the topic and the news and all that, let's do some housekeeping, take care of some stuff. Yes. We got some new media shenanigans going on on YouTube, thanks to <laughs> feelings spurned by utter... <laughs> I guess, Disgust. Yeah. Pretty much. So people have been putting up a new encode of the Doom Rider project. Now, Mary, this was an anime music video project that I helped coordinate, and you did a couple tracks on it as well. Yeah. We started it in 2003, and it wasn't done until 2005. Yes, it took two years to get the damn thing yeah, finished. Yeah, kind of coordinating 20 people or however many it was. And Ended up being Video 12, sources coming out yeah. simultaneously as we were trying to put this thing together well, that's was the, really a pain in the ass. That's what I wrote about with the description. This is such a strange period of time where this... I'm, I'm pretty sure when we started it, the second DBZ Dragon Box wasn't even out in Japan yet. And the Cell Game footage wasn't out on DVD right. in the US. So for a couple tracks, I think a track and a half, there's VHS footage because that's all there was. I think it was the 
Anoichi yes part the was uh, VHS yeah so it was really strange in that respect you go back and look at it now you're like why didn't you just use DVD footage it didn't exist at that point in time I think Caster has been nudging us like you should redo the Doom project <laughs> or at least do a Doom Rider 2 uh, we've talked about it so much and we're all just so old and lazy now I would make a, a video to Dragon Ball in a heartbeat if I had an idea that I liked because it's the only show other than maybe Fushigi Yugi that I know like the back of my hand right Although that's not entirely true. I really don't All know right, the boo it. arc. Let's talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this new video is up on YouTube because people were taking it upon themselves to re quote unquote remaster, remaster the video. Rider. However, considering that they're only working from this YouTube video or maybe the actual download, like the XVIG file or right. maybe the MPEG-1 and remastering from that, that's not the source material. They're not working with the best possible thing. We have the master file. I'm the one with the huffy of the file. Right. I can do whatever I want with it. So I did. I made a new encode of it. I mean, I didn't make, you know, this crazy new for distribution. I just made... YouTube will take videos up to two gigs in size now. So I, I basically maxed out what I could and uploaded a new version of it and then let them process the new YouTube version from that. I mean, YouTube's still going to make something look like shit no matter what you toss at it. Yeah, but hopefully traffic will find its way to this proper quote-unquote remaster. So really you didn't do anything to the file other than just re-upload a larger file size, whereas in the past you had uploaded something that would fit within YouTube's limits. Right, right. So it's not like you quote-unquote remastered it on your own you didn't do any filtering i think when we first put it out youtube had something like a hundred meg limit or something along those lines i think you're thinking of uh maybe that was the org. org well even back then youtube had different limits now it's two gigs so mm-hmm. you can make something that looks a lot better and we've talked about this before the better you put in the better you're gonna get out so i uploaded the best that i could give youtube to process it from it still looks like streaming video the 160 meg exit is always there on our website for you to download that's a great way to watch it we've actually thrown it on some of our promo dvds in the past so yeah. if you manage to pick those up it's on there but i just wanted to say that a new youtube encode is up there i've got links on the website if you haven't seen it in a few years it's worth a revisit i don't think it holds up amazingly but i think it's still a really really fun watch and i think it's a testament to how much of those 12 people involved really loved working on it yeah so what else uh we got for stuff well, we've got some comedy going on, although admittedly uh, we, we haven't watched, watched it, it yet. <laughs> we've got a DBZ Abridge Bardock special is uh, put up by Team Four Star. So. I believe the new site is tfsabridged.com. What do you mean new website? Did they not have one before? No, they didn't have their own like central website. Okay. Do you think in the past they just had the uh, YouTube channel, which was since... Yeah, they, they were using YouTube.com okay. slash whatever, but now they have their own central website where Good. stuff is linked Good off on of. them. That's definitely it. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. It looks like it's about 20 minutes in length. So that That's is about half the length. about of- half the length. <laughs> So it's living cool. up to their title there. That was their uh, special kind of summer fall project before we get into the next season. season. That's it. Check that out. We'll watch it too. And maybe we'll have something to say about it next week. Yeah. Last bit of stuff going on. We are five episodes away from episode 200. Oh Holy God. cow. So we're projecting that'll come up uh, next month, obviously, yeah. if we are good about 
continuing <laughs> we, weekly yeah, episodes. Yeah, I think the way I described it somewhere is if the Earth doesn't spontaneously combust and prevent us from Or we get like episode. swine flu or something. Right. It's theoretically scheduled to come out on December 6th. That would be that Sunday. I mean, maybe it'll be a day late depending on events that are going on and if Mike can get out of bed afterwards. Yeah, really? But we'll see. But uh, we're going to have some special guests and maybe do a party. I don't know. So we don't actually have a topic planned yet. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying what the content of the episode is going to be. I may, maybe so I, know, I have I don't know, unless you're keeping it for me, and it's going to be a total surprise. I'm not telling anyone. Ooh, we're going to wing it. Maybe. But we're, we're thinking about having a little party just in celebration. So I know half of you listening live in New Jersey, probably within a 10-mile radius. So I think we should try to just get together and hang out and do something. So yeah. there is an interest level gauge thread sort of thing going on. I want to see who's interested, who can come, how old you are, if you're over 21. Not because I'm necessarily thinking it will only be in a bar, but if the overwhelming majority are over 21, that makes more sense. It doesn't we'll need to be in a bar. I think no, no, I no. see ourselves renting out a room in a restaurant. That's like what maybe I was um like a hibachi place would be cool. I was thinking that, something like that. I don't know. Well, I haven't decided yet, so I want to know who can make it, how old you are, and we'll go from there. And are you not an axe murderer? Right. No axe murderers, No axe murderers. And if you are, can you fake it for a night? That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> I think that takes care of our stuff. That is the stuff. So, we'll hit up the news. Pretty slow news week. That's fine. It's been way too busy lately. <laughs> it's been pretty overwhelming. Let's take a breath. <gasps> and slow uh, down. Let's and, talk And finances. digest some financial figures. Mmm. Juicy. So, Navarre, who is Funimation's parent company, I, I always forget. I think they picked Funimation up in 2005. Sounds Beats about me, right. man. So they put up their quarter two 2010, that's the financial year, figures. Nothing of any extreme interest this time around. Last time, uh, last quarter, quarter one, we at least learned about the five-year extension for the DBZ license that would take them to, I think, mid-2015. This quarter, there was just nothing. Nothing like specific to Dragon Ball itself, but they did mention a bunch of Funimation news. Like they now cover 56 to 60% of the anime market and they get first dibs on prime licenses. And they can just be selective about, you know, we don't want it now. And our buddy Mark from the Fanboy Review was saying, they're being so selective and they have the ability to be so selective. They can say to the Japanese companies, no, we don't want it now. And then come back to it a couple months later and say, we'll take it now for X, Cheap. X off the price. <laughs> As I mean, who is there? There's Funimation, Viz with Naruto. You've got Bandai and you've got... Who else is even there anymore? Media Blasters does a lot of sub-only stuff nowadays. True. And then Animego puts out stuff every five years. <laughs> so they can be this selective about it. And Dragon Ball's just going to carry them on through constantly. That was really it in terms of Dragon Ball stuff. Uh, their publishing segment, which Funimation is a part of, was down. But that involves two other companies as well. I think it's BCI and Encore. And they're winding down the business on uh, one of those. I think it was BCI or Encore. I can't remember. But it's irrelevant to Funimation. So you're not going to get Funimation-specific numbers. But you can get a pretty good idea. And this time along, the analysts didn't have any real questions about Funimation other than it looked like Funimation was a great pickup for you guys. They're doing great. What do you want to tell us about the Outlook form? They were saying that Funimation's release schedule for quarter two was pretty slow compared to quarter one. But if you go back and look at quarter one, they said that quarter two was going to be slower and then it would pick up right, in three fiddle. and four. Mm -hmm. So that's it. That's all I got. Okay. The other bit of news this week is... <laughs> is this news? Is this news? <laughs> <laughs> Number two piece of news. Dragon Ball Kai has a 
bit of new footage in the opening theme song. I was actually kind of disappointed, Mike, when you first told me about this. Said that there was new animation. I thought the whole thing was going to be reanimated, but all they did from uh, episode 30 going forward is just add in a bunch of the Frieza fight stuff. So much so that towards the end of the song, they just pretty much show the end of the Goku and Frieza fight. I'm like, okay, don't need to watch the show now. Cool. But it was gorgeous, though. It was. It wasn't a lot. I kind of craved more after seeing it, uh-huh. but seeing Frieza drawn so fabulously. Oh, he's so fabulous. I, I wanted more. They really replaced the Goku and Vegeta fighting stuff with Goku and Frieza. It still kept a little bit towards the beginning. There was a... Oh, most of the animation's the same. Yeah, yeah. But there was still like uh, Goku-Vegeta part mm-hmm. at the beginning with them standing on the rocks and they right. lunge towards... And they still got the side-by man and then I kind of switches over. That part I would have loved to have seen replaced. Yeah, I was kind of fit- henchmen now, so throw them in instead. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll keep tweaking it as time goes on. Mm-hmm. It's still the same song. It's still Dragon Soul. That's it. Okay. That's your news, Mary. Yeah. I love an easy week. I do. And on that note, let's head on over to the topic because we got a lot to say. Let's give a little background on the Dragon Ball video game situation here in North America specifically. It's hard to keep track. It is. Atari's gone. Right. Sometimes I keep forgetting that part. It's just been a huge part of the scene and just the game culture here for Dragon Ball in the U.S. that it's kind of hard to picture Dragon Ball without Atari. Right. They're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Right now, it is being handled by Namco Bandai themselves. Obviously, Bandai has been the company that's created and published games over in Japan, and really it's in their hands again. It started with Dragon Ball Evolution on the PSP, and then we got the exclusive licensing news that they're handling it themselves. It's going to start in 2010. This is weird. They said it starts in 2010, but they're starting early. It might be the fiscal year. year. That's true. That's true. It's been fiscal year 2010 since June? July? I'm bad at that. With these three games, that would be Revenge of King Piccolo, Raging Blast, and Attack of the Saiyans on the DS. This first new game post-evolution, though, is Revenge of King Piccolo. This came out in Japan as Tenkaichi Daiboken, or the world's greatest, big, grand, adventure. fabulous adventure. All those, those individual words should be familiar to you. Tenkaichi and Daiboken. Very, very Dragon Ball words. Came out everywhere else as Revenge of King Piccolo. Let's talk about the title right off the bat, though. There's nine stages in the game. Piccolo shows up in the ninth. The title is very misleading and kind of disappointing once you actually play the game. It's like, where's Piccolo? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Crap. So we got a new game. This is on the Wii. It has all sorts of different control options. You can use the Wii Remote and Nunchuck. You can use the Classic Controller. You can use a GameCube controller as well. So there's a lot of uh, available stuff for you. Personally, I played through the game with the GameCube controller. So I've got four wave birds, and it just makes things very, very nice. Mary, for what you played through, you used the GameCube controller as well, right? Right, just because it was sitting there. Oh, okay. So you didn't really have any preference over what you used? No, not especially. No? But I did kind of... Well, no, actually, I didn't. Now that I think about it, I had trouble with the buttons, and you saw me playing. Yeah. I think it's just because I haven't touched a GameCube controller in years, but there was a certain control that made you use the Y button, but I kept hitting X and throwing Kamehamehas when I didn't mean to, yeah. using up all my key. Right. So maybe I should have used a different controller. Well, let's talk about what kind of game this is. I describe it as a mashup of a platformer and kind of an old-school beat-em-up. So think something like the old Final Fight games or Streets of Rage. Really, you go from the left side to the right side, and you beat up enemies along the way. Occasionally, the screen will lock down. You have to beat all the enemies on the screen, and it'll say, go, and you continue onward to the right. There are some light platforming elements as well. You, know, you have to jump up to this platform. You have to grab onto these things and propel yourself up and get across some fiery pits or over some spikes or over some rotating 
balls and stuff. I don't think it does either of those things excellent, though. Yeah, I found the beat-em-up part to be pretty stiff. Mm-hmm. But when I think about how I play other beat-em-ups, they all kind of feel stiff, too. I mean, maybe I'm just not good at playing them, but I usually just hit one button over and over again and don't really deviate from the mm-hmm. kind of control scheme, and I was finding myself doing the same thing during this game as well. I think a little bit of the problem with that in this game in particular is you can't really interrupt your actions to go do something else. So if you've started and initiated a full combo with it's the A button on the GameCube controller, until Goku is done with that combo, you can't stop and turn around if someone's hitting you from behind or if you're just accidentally going off in the wrong direction, you have to wait until you're done before you can start attacking a different enemy. So a little more freedom in there would have been nice, but I think it suffices for what it is. I mean, you're never going to have 15 enemies on screen at the same time. It maxes out around like 8 at the later levels at times. But then you start losing yourself when there's a lot of enemies on screen. Now, you only played through, I think, the first... Two levels. Two two worlds. It's weird. I think they call them stages in the game. Think of them as worlds from like Mario, where you have one, two, three, That's why I thought of them as worlds, was because of the two, one, two, two. Although you did see me play maybe the last third of the game in bits and pieces when you weren't falling asleep. Right, exactly. So you have a little bit of familiarity with playing the game and watching some of the later stuff. Yes, and it's some of the watching stuff that kind of turned me off from wanting to play it on my own because you were yelling a lot. And you were, not so much, okay, I shouldn't say yelling, you had very valid problems with the gameplay, mm -hmm. especially with the boss battles, how you would have to watch out for a certain move and you can only do certain things until that time, and it sounded like it wasn't very fun. No. So I was very excited for this game because it wasn't a fighting game, and then as I listened to you playing the game and watched you play the game, my excitement level kind of went down the shitter, (laughs) so maybe I shouldn't have paid attention to you playing. Well, here's another problem. The last third of the game is completely... Completely different from the entire rest of the game. Once you hit the end of Baba's arc, where you fight Grandpa Gohan, it's only boss battles from there on out. There are no more stages to play. To through. me, that that sounds like well, we got lazy. We don't want to design any more levels here. Just some boss fights. At the same time, though, um, or is it? Due to the nature of the story That's of Dragon Ball. That's what I was thinking. You go to the 22nd Budokai, what do you do for a stage that it is just a fight? But then you get to the Piccolo stuff. They could have done something. There were stages you could have done. I think a lot of that has to do with you only play as Goku in story mode. So when mm-hmm. you get to the Budokai, you fight just the couple people that Goku fights, and you totally gloss over the entire rest of the tournament. Same thing with the Piccolo stuff. Piccolo has a lot of just long cutscenes to get you to the next fight that Goku has. Like, you fight Tambourine, long story sequence. Then you fight Piccolo, long story sequence. Then you fight Piccolo again. No stages to break it up in that point. So you were seeing those later boss battles, which is nothing like the earlier parts of the game. I mean, those stages do have boss battles that end them, but they're not entirely comprised of that. How'd you feel about those first couple worlds, uh, Mary? I did like them, but I don't think I had a whole hell of a lot of fun with them. It might have been because I was playing too late at night. Maybe my attention level no, was no, down. That makes sense to me. That's how I felt about them, where I, w- I was kind of enjoying playing it, but it didn't seem like fun. What struck me was that some parts of it were too easy and other parts of it were too hard. Mm-hmm. 
and I couldn't figure out why that was. Do you think it was the nature of the stages? Was it the controls? I think it was the controls because there was one part where I kept falling into water, but again, yes. that was probably due to me not having touched a GameCube controller. No, no I, I can tell you exactly what the problem is with that. When you're Goku and you're running, you get to a certain point on the platform where you can no longer jump. So if you get too far to the edge of the platform, you can't jump anymore. You have to do it bef- right before you get to the edge of the platform. It's not like Mario where you can just run and at the very last second still jump off yeah, it's whatever like you're stop. on. You have to really make sure you time these perfectly. And Goku's jumps are very heavy, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a real big arc to them. You have to time that jump just right and make very, very forceful, very determined jumps to make sure you land everything. I think that's what you were running into in those so. stages. I want to ask you about that first level, really, because there are some almost Zelda-ish puzzles with you have to pull down this lever and it opens up the waterway. It wasn't very hard. I wouldn't even put that in the same range as Zelda-ish, because it kind of leads you to what you're supposed oh, to do. There's no thinking involved. Thing is, there's nothing like that the entire rest of the game. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I, I was very thrown off as I was thinking, oh, maybe this is kind of like Origins was on the DS, where you have to open up your walkways, you have to go over here and do this, and it was just that one level that did that, and never again. It was pretty open. You did play one of the levels where you have to hit the switch in the background to make the elevator keep rising up. Yeah. But that's just still straight. I mean, it tells you exactly where to go and how to do it. I want to ask you a little bit more about the controls. Now, other than just the fighting itself, there's a lot of jumping with the Y button on the GameCube controller to hold on to the flying spinny things yeah. and get around. I thought I wasn't going to like that part when I was watching you play, but then when I did it, I kind of enjoyed it. It was odd. Like, I really mm-hmm. watching it. I was like, oh, this is lame. This is how they're getting around the fact that Goku can't fly yet. Mm-hmm. This is stupid. But then when you get the timing right, it's kind of fun floating it from really thing is. to thing. And there'll be a lot of them where you use those to get to some of the hidden areas, and you'll see them as, oh, I just went past those. If I go back and I jump this way, I know there'll be another one at just the right moment where I can press it again and propel myself up further to Mm -hmm. get to one of the hidden items. So I think they are kind of fun in that respect. Although that's basically it for the game. Whatever you see in those early levels, that that's all there is the entire rest of the game. There's really no more new ways to play, I guess you would say. Other than when the game changes to... To just boss boss, battles. Yeah. But that whole jumping and propelling thing is based around this action button, really, where certain things will kind of highlight in a blue circle. And when you see that, that means you can press the X or the Y button, whatever it is, and either jump at them for enemies, you'll stun them or knock them out immediately, or you'll grab onto things. You also use that as kind of a counter or a parry attack against bosses. And this is where I ran into a lot of trouble with Tau Pai Pai and even uh, Piccolo in the later boss battles where they will do a certain attack. And they may not do it until every fourth or fifth attack that they do. You have to wait for that specific attack. And when they miss with that, they'll for a split second be highlighted with that blue action button. That's the point where you can press it, run in, stun them, deal your two rounds of damage, and then wait, wash, rinse, repeat. Do it again and again and again, just that, chipping away at them over time. That seems kind of brainless to me. Like It doesn't really give you much in the way of freedom or creativity to beat a boss. No, You're but at the mercy of the timing. How different is that from you know Ninja Turtles and that kind of stuff? I guess. Though? I guess with Ninja Turtles back then, it was more acceptable. And now that it's been yes. so long, I kind of expect a little bit more. Absolutely, because they are freedom. trying to 
tout this as being more than just the platformer game because they do have that versus mode, which is basically as if you were playing a boss battle. But because it's not a real fighting game, you're basically playing a fighting game as if you were just playing Streets of Rage. It is an interesting perspective, I have to say. I mean, it's like you said, a mishmash of these different genres. But I don't think they do either of them great. They do them well enough mm-hmm. to satisfy just getting through the game. I almost feel like well enough is acceptable for me because I'm just so sick of the one-on-one fighting games. Well, I think that has a lot to do with my enjoyment of this game. It's something I wrote about at the end of the article. Revenge of King Piccolo is coming out at a really good time. We've had years upon years upon years of the same fighting games over and over. You know, we had Budokai 1 through 3 and then Infinite World and Burst Limit. We've had the Sparking games. We're getting Raging Blast this month as well. Other than some of the uh, handheld fare, you know, Origins and Hurricaneru. Oh, and, and Sagas. And so- <laughs> Sagas. <laughs> we haven't had anything like this other than Origins on the DS and maybe Sagas and the old legacy of Goku games. It's been so long since we've had anything other than a fighting game. This was a welcome breath of fresh What's air. What's also a welcome breath of fresh air is that this starts with the Red Ribbon arc. And that's yeah. just so unique and so different. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I- a lot of the times when I was watching you play the later levels, I was like, is this from the manga or did they make this up? And you were like, <laughs> you no, this is in the manga. Well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even though we read the manga for the manga review of awesomeness on this show, I don't remember a lot of the Red Ribbon stuff. So having this game that focuses on a specific arc that really doesn't get a lot of attention. It's true. It's just such a fresh spin, especially since in the fighting games, you go through story mode and it starts with Raditz showing up and you watch the cutscenes and then you go to the freezer arc and then it plays the cutscenes. I'm just so sick of that shit. So this is very different. It is. And it, it, like you said, it's a period of the series that just does not get any love whatsoever. I mean, we've had Tambourine and Piccolo Daimo show up as playable characters in like Meteor, for example. But to have an entire game around this era, we had Origins, which was the early. We've had Advanced Adventure, which I talked about uh, in the review. Again, early Dragon Ball as well. This is a period of the game or the series that almost has nothing. I mean, there have been some hints here and there. but I think because of that, it's yet another reason why the title of this game is really misleading. <laughs> Definitely. I feel like just Red Ribbon Revenge. No, not even Revenge. I- I don't know, just something with Red Ribbon, but I know that doesn't have a lot of commercial appeal compared to Piccolo. People know who Piccolo is. People might not necessarily remember the Red Ribbon army. Well, here's the thing. I also know this in the introduction to the review. I don't think you'll remember this. Back in July 2004, a couple listings and descriptions for new games popped up on Atari's website. One of them was Legacy of Goku 4, which may or may not have ended up being um, Transformation on the GBA. It was never actually called Legacy of Goku, but their internal like URLs and stuff were always LOG4, that kind of stuff. Another game was Dragon Ball Red Ribbon Army Saga. Huh. And it had a description for it and everything, and that just disappeared almost within a couple days. We never saw anything from Atari or Bandai, anything like that. Wow. So it seems like over the years they have been interested in exploring this area of the game, and Roland just now getting to it in 2009. Mm-hmm. Talked about the gameplay a bit, and I think we'll get back to a little bit more of it in a second, but let's talk about the presentation. We are on the Wii right now, so we don't have super HD graphics and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but Dragon Ball is such a simplistic art style that it doesn't need to rely on heavy hardware. It stylizes itself pretty well. The yeah. thick black outlines in the cutscenes and even some of the gameplay, I think it looks pretty damn good. I love just the character art when they 
which they use in place of cutscenes and dialogue. It's uh, the images of the characters yes. plus text. And the drawings are just so crisp and gorgeous. Oh, they're really great. I like those a lot more than the actual game art just because it was like, oh, it looks just like Dragon Ball. Well, how about the cutscenes? Because something I've always come down on with fighting games is I know how the story goes. I've seen the series. I've read the series. I just played this game for the third time in as many years. I don't need a cutscene to tell me what's going on. So because this is a different part of the series, did you enjoy seeing the cutscenes a little more? We're talking about like where the characters would slide on screen and there's text. No, I'm talking about the actual fully animated cutscenes. I think what you played, I think the, I'm getting there confused. weren't a whole lot. There's a couple with Goku getting shot down down from Kintone and then bursting out of a waterfall. Huh. They're pretty sure. There's some later ones that are a little more detailed, especially with the Piccolo stuff, like I said. So what would be the stuff that I'm describing? You're just describing the... Yeah, they're all, they're just a different kind of cutscene. Oh, okay. The character designs. And, right. I mean, they're fully spoken. Oh, right, 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 right. I, I guess we should part. mention that. Uh, Japanese language track selectable in this game. Yay. This was a huge deal to me. It might have even been a deal breaker if I could not switch this over, because... Oh, God, when that opening loading screen comes on, it makes you want to turn off the game. this is getting exciting. I'm I'm sorry. It's unbearable face. (laughs) (laughs) Memory's much more angry than I am. I I cannot deal with dubbed Chibi Goku. I I, I like Krillin, though. Do you? I do. I don't love it. Sounds like a little asshole. I love it. Which is what he is. I know. I I think it it works. That's neither here nor there. Right. You can switch it over. It's very hidden in a way you have to go to the options menu and then to the subtitles menu mm. and within there there is language english japanese that you can switch over so uh, oh thank god you can switch it over i needed nozawa as my goku for an entire game the vocal opening theme is also there hiroki takahashi power of dreamer which we've reviewed on the show before you don't need to switch it to japanese to get that it is just there by default and the uh, closing theme to the game is the full-length vocal version as well in there. So basically everything's in there uh, from the Japanese version. Any other graphical things you want to mention? Um, I guess it was just a Wii thing, but a lot of the times there was like jagginess. Mm-hmm. And the textures were sometimes kind of lame. They broke up a lot. You'll see a little like white speckles here and there where things are breaking apart. It seems like they're pushing it pretty decently not amazingly but they're doing some decent stuff with the hardware overall i thought it looked good i do want to mention the music a little bit this was it it blew me away actually when i first played the game we actually streamed it live online it was kind of a spur of the moment thing where you were actually out that day yeah and i said ah i gotta start playing the game i'm gonna just set up the webcam and stream it and actually jeff came over too and we were playing through it as i was playing the game a couple people in the chat said hey this music i recognize this is the music from Budokai Tenkaichi 2 and 3, which were the American releases of Sparking Neo and Meteor. Mm. It sounds like the music that was composed for those games in the U.S. because the Sparking games used the actual TV score from Kikuchi when they came out over here. First Sparking game recycled Budokai music. Then 2 and 3 had all new music composed for them by the Japanese, but to replace the original Japanese score. I mean, it's so confusing. So it sounds like Revenge of King Piccolo recycles music from two games a few years back whose scores were created new to replace the original Japanese music. Wow. Yes. That's interesting. Cost-cutting. And somehow... 
I think it fits in this game. It does. There are a couple I, tracks yeah. I really liked. Anything that having to do with Red Ribbon Army in the title, I think just sounded great and fit really well. Yeah, I agree. I thought the music was really fitting with the visuals and the overall tone. It doesn't get heavy or anything. It's just pretty upbeat. I think a lot of them could have standard to be a little longer or a little less monotonous when you realize that they were coming from fighting games who probably were intended to be shorter anyway i guess that makes sense they worked for what they were like i said i've got a pretty thorough written review up on the website which i definitely encourage everyone to check out mary what are your overall feelings on the game i mean i know you only played the first two stages in it and you Mm -hmm. saw a little bit else but i think i'll pick it up again and finish the rest of it i know with the fighting games i'll play it like the one or two or three times times and then never go back to it again unless it just happens to be on. I'm not going to actively seek it out. But because this is so different from the norm, even though it's not super awesome, I'm going to finish it because it is a unique experience from what we've been used to in this country. And you said it was easy enough, even though there were some difficult things. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's partly because of the controls and partly I don't play as many games as I used to, so I'm a bit rusty with my responsiveness and everything. I also don't think it's the best control scheme ever, but I want to try different... I'm going to try different controls next time. I might try... Try the Wiimote yeah, nunchucks. Yeah, yeah. something different. One thing I did run into is there are a couple moments where it's almost like a quick time event where Goku has to charge something up or block an attack. You have to twirl the analog stick as fast as you can to fill up a meter. I found it was not very responsive. People have been saying that shaking the Wiimote works a little better. And that's it for motion controls. I mean, it's great that you don't have extraneous waggle in this game. Mm-hmm. It keeps it true to just being a beat-em-up in that respect. The story mode, I did play through the whole game. I beat the game. The story mode took me seven and a half hours, which included maybe an hour or so of screaming at Tao Pai Pai, which was actually streamed live. I wasn't screaming too much. There was a lot of oh, 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 kind of moments. Probably like a lot of fuck. There was one big fuck. One big One big fuck. fuck, and the chat room agreed with that one big fuck. Uh, so you can probably knock off, if you're really good and you follow the patterns, you might be able to knock off an hour of that, because I had that problem with Tao Pai Pai and uh, Piccolo's second battle. But then you went back and you started to go hunting for extras, like yes. those items, so mm-hmm. that was probably like another hour or so added onto the game. Yeah, there were 48 secret hidden chests littered throughout the game. Uh, they don't do anything other than provide you with secrets to find, although if you do collect them all within a certain stage, there'll be eight within each stage um, that can help you unlock a character so when I beat the game I had 25 and right now I've got 34 after I went back and found a few more so that is there to help you go back and maybe prolong the experience a little bit one thing I definitely want to mention this would have helped me a lot and cut down on how long it took me to beat uh, adventure mode is you can actually purchase with the zenny you collect through the game I mean, beating up enemies and that kind of stuff hidden in pots you collect zenny in the shop you can purchase extensions for your health meter yeah which would have helped a lot I basically went through the first four worlds without extending my health at all no wonder you had such a hard time <laughs> absolutely although we haven't mentioned the the save system and the game over system I described it as very very forgiving because unless you're fighting a boss it picks up exactly Exactly where you left off, like to the point where the enemies will still have the same amount of health that they have <laughs> when you fell over. That's that's really good. So it's really not like continuing at all. It's just, ah, oh, you lost your health. I guess you want to keep playing, right? There's unlimited continues. You yeah, I like that. Playing. I like that. I think that contributed a lot to my being able to beat the game. I would have been so frustrated at the couple times that I would die in the middle of a stage, either I'm just missing the jump far too many times, like you mentioned. 
or getting eight enemies on screen and losing sight of where Goku is, that kind of stuff. So make sure you purchase those health extensions and that'll cut down on the uh, frustration for some of the boss battles, Tao Pai Pai in particular. So what did you think about the game? I think that describes it. I, I don't think it's a great game. I don't think it's a proficient game either. I think it's a very middle of the road game. It doesn't do anything great, but it does them well enough that I was able to play through the game and not hate it. I was able to do it quick enough, get in and get out, that it satisfied my needs from this kind of game. Were you happy to play a different Dragon Ball game? I absolutely was. Cool. And I think that if this came out at any other time, it just would not have worked coming out right before Raging Blast and in between so many other fighting games that we've had. This is what we need as Dragon Ball fans right now. I don't think it's going to make a huge impact, though. I think, But the price point is pretty it is. sweet. It came out at $39.99, although Namco Bandai's press release said it was coming out at $29.99. No one has it at that price. It's a $40 game. Now, I will come out and say, as I noted on the site, we actually got a copy from Bandai to review for free. So I did not pay for this game. Does that affect anything? I don't think it did. No, we would have gotten it anyway. Absolutely. I, I, I had it on pre-order, and I just didn't get it because I got a copy from the company. I don't think, in retrospect, it's a $40 game. Is it a $30 game? You're getting there. No, I think 30 is more than fair. I think so. It's definitely not a $50 game. I am very, very glad to see it not come out at that price point. I think just, even 40 is fair. You think so? Yeah, only because I have this impression that video games are like really overpriced nowadays. Well, they are. And $40 for a new Wii game seems good to me. And that's what kills me about the price point is in Japan came out $7,140. Oh. Full price game. Oh, my God. Okay. We got it so much better. Mm-hmm. We, we almost have it half price. Even now in Japan, it's already half price on retailer sites. So they acknowledge, nah, not a $70 game. If this is something that you're looking to play something other than a fighting game, and you're really into Dragon Ball, I suggest picking it up. I don't know that I'm as overwhelmingly positive about it as you may think I am, because you know I enjoyed it, I played through the whole game, and even though I admit it has a lot of problems, it does, it has a lot of problems, it was still kind of fun to play through. Yeah. So 40 bucks, it's out there. If you can get it any cheaper than that, that just makes the deal even sweeter. There you go, Revenge of King Piccolo. We have kind of a cautious recommendation on it, it sounds like. But it was a noble effort, and I'm really glad to see something other than a one-on-one -on -one I think game. we should support this game so that more stuff like this comes out. Absolutely. It's like, show that we like stuff other than fighting games. But then again, Mary, those do so well. And actually, you know, Budokai 3 and Sparking Meteor, they did well critically as well. I, I guess. This is not. This because, isn't even being reviewed. Because no one's reviewing it. It's not on anyone's radar. I think Screw Attack did a review video of it, which I saw. I, I watched it. It was moderately funny and kind of annoying at the same time. Really? And they said this game is going to last, I think they said 17 to 18 hours. What? No, 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 no. Maybe you missed something. Maybe if you go back and get an S rank on every single last stage. And get all the secrets. And that'll unlock a Raleigh for you. Maybe if you do S rank on everything, maybe 18 hours. I, I would never torture myself with that, though. It's to play through an entire S-rank on... No, no. I, I cannot see myself doing it. So, again, cautious <laughs> recommendation on it. But if this is... You're just so sick of the fighting games, check it out. Absolutely check it out. Again, full, 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 very, very long written review up on the website. Be sure to check it out. But now you got Mary's opinion on it as well. Yep. We're done with our topic, Mary. Whoa. Let's take it over to your releases. 
Mary started off for us this week on the third. All right, that's a Tuesday. We've got the Viz Kids Chapter Book Volume Five from Viz. It's eighty pages long and only five bucks. Not bad. Wow, exciting, Mike. It's coming out the next day. A lot of stuff I see. Yeah, a lot of stuff. November 4th is a Wednesday. Over in Japan, we've got the Dragon Ball Kai song collection. Some new image songs and some insert songs. Kind of looking forward to this. Kind of scared at the same time. This is coming out for 2,940 yen, 11 tracks. CD Japan has got it for a couple, uh, almost two bucks off, uh, 2,800 yen. Over in Spain, we've got Dragon Ball Evolution coming out on DVD. The Blu-ray has actually been out for a couple of weeks now, it looks like. So this is your R2 PAL release over in Spain. It is 1495 euros. Zonadebide.com will have all the extra info. And then last thing on the day, this is something new. It turns out volume four was not the last one in this series. We get a volume five here in the TV version anime comics Dragon Ball Z Majin Buu Fukatsuhen or Revival Story Arc whatever you want to call it. Shueisha, 730 yen. You're redundantly redundant. Oh, we need Julian to say that. Manga based on an anime based on a manga. Shueisha. There you go. Mary, what else we got that month? November 10th, which is a Tuesday yet again. We've got Dragon Ball Z, Attack of the Saiyans. It's the American release of Dragon Ball Kai, Saiyajin Raishu for the Nintendo DS, put out by Namco Bandai. This is about 30 bucks on GameStop, Amazon, all those retailers. We've also got Dragon Ball Raging Blast. This is the American release on the PS3 and the 360. The game was developed by Spike and published by Namco Bandai. And this one is a $60 game. And we've got links up to it on uh, GameStop and Amazon as well. Finally, Dragon Ball Season 2 remastered box sets from Funimation coming out in this here country, continent, however that works. This is a Dragon Ball episodes 32 through 61 spread across five discs. There's a 5.1 dub track and an old school mono track? Is it stereo? No, uh, it is mono. Oh, okay. Come on, Mary. <laughs> Just making sure. 1986 there. This is a 4x3 aspect ratio, quote-unquote, remastered a la the GT sets rather than the Dragon Ball Z orange brick sets. MSRP is about 50 bucks, but you can pre-order it on Amazon for 37 Not bad. Good price there. Also from Funimation, it was delayed a week, but it is confirmed November 17th. Dragon Ball Z Dragon Box oh my God. number one coming out. Two and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's coming pretty soon. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So Dragon Ball Z TV episodes 1 through 42 spread on six discs. Got two audio tracks for you. The first is the original Japanese mono track. And then there is the English dub in 5.1, which is going to be the one with the original Japanese musical score on there. MSRP is $79.98. Amazon still got the pre-order for $55.99. Get in there while you can. We're definitely going to be reviewing this one. Oh, this, God, this I can't wait. An episode. I'm so excited. Not, not even so much for the discs, but the bonus content in the sets, like the books and stuff. Uh, we don't know what we're getting, really. Yeah. It's going to be a surprise for everyone. Okay, November 18th, which is a Wednesday, we've got Dragon Ball Kai Original Soundtrack Volume 2, catalog number COCX. 35922. There are more than 30 background music tracks as well as the opening and ending themes. Retail price is 29.40 yen and you can get it on CD Japan for a little bit cheaper, 2800 yen. We actually just had the track listing pop up for it and our resident background music expert, Kenny C3000, went through and translated stuff. There are a couple of carryovers from the first one where it's like title screen music and then the opening and then the recap music. So you're kind of getting some repeats. 
uh, knocking down really what that 30 extra tracks are. And it sounds like there may still be one or two things out there that aren't on the set or on the disc. But we got volume one, we got volume two. I guess they'll just keep on moving forward and collect the music as it goes on. So moving on, November 19th is a Thursday over in Japan, Dragon Ball Kai. A calendar for you. Pretty artwork. One big image per two months. It is uh, 1575 yen. The CD Japan has got it for 1500 flat. Oh, I love that stuff. Wow, this is like stuff coming out almost every day in a row. Uh, November 20th, a Friday, there is a Dragon Ball Kai DVD single disc volume three. This is uh, Kai episodes seven through nine with the 16 by nine aspect ratio cropped and it's in standard definition. Don't forget that part. It's 2940 yen MSRP, 2800 yen pre-order CD Japan, or 2176 yen on Amazon Japan. Keeping it going. Busy month on November 25th. It's a Wednesday. We have Progression CD single for the song, the theme song to Raging Blast, coming from Hironobu Akageyama. Catalog number LACM4647. It is a cheap 1200 yen. CD Japan's got it for 1143 right now. And then the last thing in November, on the same day, the French Kanzen Bond for Volume 5, Dragon Ball from Glenot, 1055 euros, 1002 pre-order on Amazon Afrola. That's your busy November. Let's take it over to an email. Mary, could you read our email here from Rob, a.k.a. Mephisto86? In the Dragon Ball story during the Frieza saga, we all remember how Saiyans were supposed to receive a modest increase in power and strength after every battle. Vegeta also explained how Saiyans received a much larger power-up after recovering from major injuries. While being somewhat of a MacGuffin during the Frieza saga, it seems that after all the Saiyan characters go super, this trait goes away. Now, I have received mixed answers to this, so I wanted to ask you guys. Do you think that power-ups was just a prelude to Super Saiyan levels of power only to be discarded? Or is it a genetic trait that stayed with the Saiyan characters even after going Super Saiyan? Is there anything to hint to this in the post-Frieza storyline? Also, what are your opinions on this special ability? Even though it's a simple plot device, the power-up is implied as something unique to Son Goku, Vegeta, and the other Saiyans. Yet most of the fighting characters in the story always seem to get a bit stronger after recovering from a beatdown. So do you think this is something special, or is it just a minor plot device? Mary, I have to ask you a question. Please. When it is written out as a full word, I notice you pronounce it as Saiyan. I know, I know. And when it is SSJ... I know, I caught myself doing it as I was saying it. I'm inconsistent that way. <laughs> I can't, I, I'm still not yet at the point where I can train myself to say Cyan. Yeah. It sounds unnatural, even though I know that's how it's supposed even to be. Even though that's the word. <laughs> yeah, even though that's the word. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'll work on that. Sure. I caught myself. I know I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> so let me ask you. Okay. Do you like the idea of Saiyan characters being able to do this? Yeah, I do. But it is kind of tossed aside. Mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, very characteristic of if this was a real race, I would totally buy that. Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah, sure. It makes sense. They come back from the brink of death and totally be strong. That's doable. How about the other characters? Because there are, you know, everyone gets beaten down, and whenever they come back, they're stronger than they were before. But I think this whole beaten to the brink of near death or whatever, that does seem to be pretty unique to them. I mean, when Piccolo's beaten comes back, he doesn't get stronger because he was beaten to that level. No, usually... He goes off and trains. Exactly, exactly. You took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> You're saying he was tossed aside after the Frieza arc. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I can't think of anything offhand where they kind of revisit this. 
instead of you over there, come kill me so come I can come back. Come blast a hole in my chest. <laughs> instead of that, we have the replacement for it really being the Room of Spirit and Time, where they can go off for a year and train on their own to get stronger rather than relying on whatever this is. And that also allows other characters to do it, too. I mean, we have Piccolo, who goes in there and levels up for a year. Kind of like in an RPG where you just go off and grind for a while. Yeah. And then you come back. So that's what he's doing. He's going off and grinding. Yes. Piccolo's going off and grinding. Yeah. I said it. What about it? It's a doujinshi waiting to happen. I think that kind of answers the question. Uh, it's obviously very specific to the race. Um, the other characters really just they go off and train. I do want to mention something, though. Way back on episode 80, that's over 100 episodes ago now, we discussed fandoms, what I called invented meaning for this with the word Zenkai. And I really think you should go back and listen to that discussion because uh, we went pretty in-depth with it. Mary, I don't know if you remember this. Or I do, vaguely. People have made up a name for this genetic trait where they give it a proper noun as they received a Zenkai. Really what someone did is look up the word Zenkai in a dictionary and it's like to recover health or that kind of thing so they assigned that word to this it's not called anything in the manga or the guidebooks or anything it's just a description of what happens go back and listen to that episode i think it was pretty interesting mary people have questions comments concerns hopes dreams aspirations and maybe other stuff send emails let's just keep it as emails send your emails on over to podcast at dizex.com that's p-o-d-c-a-s-t at d-a-i-z-e-x dot com if you're interested in that our twitter business you can find us at diezx and individually as vegeta wex saya jedi that's julian and me mary t-o-t now i actually want to bring up a question here i've had a few people ask hey is there any way you can make an rss feed for the website and i've had a lot of discussions internally and externally with people about it the site is just based on legacy code from 2002 and it's so much of a bitch to, you know, transform into something. I mean, it's just a hobby for us. If you want an RSS feed for the website, add the RSS feed for the Twitter DizeX because anytime there's an update or anything like that, you'll get an automatic notice about that. I mean, you still have to click through if you want to read the in-depth story, but I try to put in as much info in 140 characters as I can. So there you go. If you uh, don't care about Twitter but still want a useful use for it, that's it. Mary, we're done. This was episode 195 of our show. And uh, coming down the pipeline, we've got the manga review of awesomeness next week. It's going to be volume 31 or 15 if you're following the American standard individual graphic novel releases. don't remember what volume it is, Viz Big, or anything like that. I think it's five. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 15. Five. It's the last one in Visit Big Five for DBZ. I can do that. Good counting. Awesome. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, we've got episode 200 coming up soon. We'll do something fancy, smanchy for that. We'll see. Okay. I I might just stop at 199. Oh, ass. I said it. Yeah. I'm done. Retiring. (laughs) Thank you, Mary. Thanks for having me. T.O.T. Mary T.O.T. Do you care? Oh, right. That site. Temple of Trunks. Uh, It's T-E-M-P-L-E-O. T-R-U-N-K-S dot com. And forgive me for whatever horrible spelling and grammar is on that site. I really haven't bothered to spell chicken since I made it back in 1998.
Yes. I know. It can get pretty bad. So for you. Yeah. And for Julian off in Japan, who has not played Tenka Ichidaiboken, there's got nothing to say about it, but we're going to talk to him soon because he promised me website content. We better. And I haven't seen any, but you know where he is? He's in Japan. He's on a boat. He's on a boat? He's on a boat. I saw picture proof. What kind of a boat? I don't know, but he's got a mustache down too. A mustache? I must see this. So Julian's creepy and on a boat. You're not a fan of the facial hair? <laughs> I don't know. He's fine. I gotta see this. Alright, so for all you fine people, Mary and Julian, my name is Mike. Sometimes I go by Vegito EX. This is 195. We'll check in next week for 196 and our manga review of awesomeness. Daisen Juliexu Podcast, Konshimokite, Kitasate, Arigato, Ozai. Jitaimo, Otsanashimini. Kanyo no 